What's going on today is September 12th, and guess what? We have football this weekend, baby. Week one, uh, an interesting Sunday. We had some things happen yesterday. I got my my man, Akash Patel, is here, ready to go. YZR Fantasy on Twitter. Y'all know him, man. We're going to be covering everything week one, including tonight's game, Monday Night Football, Broncos and Seahawks. It's the Justin Henry Show, baby. Let's get it. You're watching the Justin Henry Show on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Make sure you follow on all social media platforms. Akash, my guy, what is good? What's you up, man? Man, good to have you on board, bro. Wanted to talk. We've been talking about this one for a couple weeks now. Glad you're finally able to come on, man. How are you living? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. Sunday was here. Had some fantasy teams that did well. Had one that didn't do so well. So... <laughs> We're here to talk about it and cover it, man. Obviously, a lot that we got to go through, uh, some injuries. Uh, there were some performances that kind of came out of nowhere, and then some others uh, that disappointed. Not my guy, Trey Lance. I got to talk about it, man. So we'll test We'll test the panic meter. Let's cover all the, the, the major things. The first one, I think, that's probably the heaviest hitter, Dak Prescott. Out six to eight weeks. Um, when I look at this, that Cowboy game last night, watching, you know, the Cowboys, Bucks, it seemed like that offense wasn't going well anyway. Dak has an injury with his hand now, getting surgery out six to eight weeks. What's your reaction? Yeah, it's tough. That offense already didn't look great. Um, now, with, <clears throat> sorry, it's like now with Dak out for six to eight weeks, it's going to be tough for Lamb, but Lamb had a pretty good target share last night. So interesting to see if that continues, but just having no one in that offense be a viable receiver outside of Lamb and sometimes Dalton Schultz was just bad for the offense in general, and Dak didn't play well himself, and it's a tough matchup. So I wouldn't be panicking if Dak was healthy, but now that Dak's going to be out like six to eight weeks and Cooper Rush is going to be a quarterback, then you start to panic. Yeah, sure. you wonder if they're going to make a move. We've seen the name Jimmy Garoppolo thrown out there, obviously, like Cam Newton. There's some mm, other Mason yeah. Rudolph. There's other, like, options out there, journeyman options. But I would be very concerned right now. As If I had CeeDee Lamb rostered on my team, I would be very concerned. Um, this isn't one of those things where it's just, okay, it's a week one overreaction. To me, uh, CeeDee Lamb is going – the first half is going to be rough, at least the first half. And it could be even longer, just depending on how Michael Gallup returns. Like, they need him tremendously. Um, when I look, what's the panic meter for you on the Cowboys overall in general? Is this something you're like, you know what, they'll bounce back second half of the year? Or is this one of those situations where you're like, fade every Cowboy for the rest of the year, sell low if you need to? Um, Not selling low necessarily because the stock is tanked so much, but... In the second half of the year, I think it's going to be really rough to get there if you already have Cowboys on your team. I was already like really low on this offense in general compared yeah. to everyone because everyone had them really high. Uh, like I was fading Zeke, Pollard at cost, Lamb at cost, um, Dak too. But now with the the injury and like their stocks already going down, I would I'm not like that interested in buying low right now. Like I, I think, but if I'm have them then I'm just holding them. I'm not looking to sell low because their stock's already been going down. Yeah. Well, speaking of stock going down and, and uh, injuries, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, that was a whole 
different thing yesterday. Keenan Allen went down. Mike Williams did not have the role that everybody was expecting once Keenan went down. But Keenan went down with a hamstring injury. He said it's not concerning. Uh, he's supposed to have an MRI at some point today. To me, when I look at Keenan Allen, he's a guy that's dealt with hamstring injuries in the past. I've been very high on Keenan Allen over Mike Williams for fantasy purposes. Uh, but for this Chargers team, that's a really big impact. So hopefully they have a short turnaround this week against the Chiefs. Um, they play Thursday night. Do you think we, you, A, if you have Keenan Allen on your team, are you playing him this week Thursday if he does play? And B, do you think we should be overreacting to this Keenan-Mike Williams thing that has it rolled out on Sunday? Um, If I have him on my team, I'm not looking to play him on Thursday, especially with a, a short week. Yeah. And uh, he could he could definitely miss that week. And so it's, it's tough for, like, you'll it's good to know that, like, you'll know on Thursday if he's going to miss. And then even if he does play, I'm not going to be playing him. And then for Mike Williams, it's sort of just how it is with Mike Williams and like with wide receivers in general, unless you're like a stud, you're going to have some down weeks. And so one bad week from Mike Williams isn't enough for me to like completely bench him. And so if I have him and I'm expecting just wide receiver two production, I'm just going to keep playing the hits and take the losses when they come. And so I'm not going to be benching Mike Williams just because of one bad week. And but it, even even if Keenan plays, I'm not going to be playing him uh, on the Thursday week. But he it's, could definitely miss it and, and come back in week three. It's crazy because everybody was like, you know, over the offseason, like Mike Williams is taking over Keenan's role. He's going to be this consistent guy. And it's like we know what Mike Williams is. He's been this yeah. for the last three years. It's a high upside wide receiver two or three, depending on where you slot him. And Keenan's the guy. Like, he's the guy, the consistent target guy. So um, it was good to see DeAndre Carter get some love uh, over the weekend, man. And so I'm excited for this Chargers-Chiefs matchup. Even without Keenan, I think it could go well. One team I'm not excited about, the New England Patriots. And seeing Mac Jones go down with a back injury. What's your panic meter overall on this entire New England Patriots team? Um, Not really, a, I'm not really panicking. Mac Jones should be fine. There wasn't really one really wasn't anyone on this offense that we expected to be super fantasy relevant. Like we had some, some people starting Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, but then that backfield was pretty split between those two and Ty Montgomery for wide receivers. You're really not starting anyone except for sometimes Jacoby Myers, if you really need a wide receiver option, but even then he's just like a wide receiver three. Yeah. So I'm not, not really panicking on, on anyone. It's just the wide receiver back, the not the wide receiver, the running back backfield look really gross right now with the split yeah. in the split and like in the high value touches, like in the in the red zone and the the passing work, there's just a really gross split. And so I'm not really looking to start any of them right now. It's ugly right now. Like that yeah. Patriots back of this Patriots offense to me is just ugly. And I don't see like anywhere that it gets better. I'm trying to look for a spot where it could potentially be better. Uh, and it does not look good to me. Another offense that didn't look good to me is you see the hat in the background. It's the Niners offense. Uh, the 49ers did not look good. Obviously the rain and whatever hurricane you want to call it in Chicago, it was super ugly when it comes to the weather. Uh, but there was a period of time where it just, it doesn't, it didn't click like for Trey Lance, uh, didn't look good. But then we also saw an injury with Elijah Mitchell, uh, who played really well last season was expected to take on a lot of the bulk of the carries this year in, in the running back by committee that it was supposed to be, but he suffered an injury and we have yet to see the extent of that injury. If it is for a long-term period of time, who do you like better, Jeff Wilson or TDP? Um, I'm going to go with Jeff Wilson, but it's really tough. Uh, like TDP being a healthy scratch for Jordan Mason in his first game is a pretty bad sign. We saw the same thing with Trey Sermon last year where 
he was a third rounder who was healthy scratch and then it just really never clicked for him and just like take that as signal that maybe he's not as good as we thought or like as good as the draft capital suggests uh because like obviously if if he's going to be a healthy scratch in week one they're not showing a ton of commitment to him yeah one of the things but, that kyle shanahan mentioned was special teams so that jordan yes. nations did play special teams in that uh tdp yeah. tyron davis price didn't yeah exactly and then they got jeff wilson being the like the rb1 now i guess with mitchell missing time but really like the true rb1 is like splitting between jeff wilson jr and debo samuel we saw yes. him lead the team in rushing i believe point. over the weekend and also lead the team in targets like he's just going to continue being the engine in the offense in the receiving and rushing game so it, it is a boost to debo samuel and then for the rest of the running backs there i'm not sure that any of them are going to be startable especially jeff wilson if he's going to be the rb1 because he was not good like it was a bad yeah. game for sure but it was it was a bad game well, i don't know how it's going to split it's it's tough man because you can't really sometimes you can't get a whole like i know everybody wants to overreact and it's like this yeah. player is great now this player is terrible now just based off of week one but that game specifically uh in chicago with the weather that it was it's tough to judge anybody on that team's performance just let alone with the circumstances but let's do this let's get into yeah, these definitely. games and kind of talk about some things you like from either side uh real quickly one of the first games that i do want to talk about uh, was this Eagles and Lions game. We saw a bunch of scoring from the Lions late, almost mounted a comeback, uh, but we saw A.J. Brown go off, and I'm very excited about his production for the rest of the year. I think we can comfortably lock him in the top 10, and we see that there's a lot more potential for this uh, for this receiving for this receiver in general, AJ Brown is going to have a miraculous season. Don't discount him just because he's on a rushing offense. Akash, what did you like from this game yesterday? Yeah, for like you said, AJ Brown just completely dominated targets and air yards yesterday. He had like a 44 percent target share, I believe, and over like 70 ish percent of the team's air yards. Just absolutely insane performance by him. And you know, like you like you said, it doesn't matter if he's in a rushing offense. I'm not even sure this offense is gonna be a rushing offense. It seems to just True. run through AJ Brown because he's so good. Yeah. And so that's a sign of like probably a sign of things that come because we, we already knew how good he was. And this used to just like continues to confirm that. And if they just continue to run the offense through him because of how great he is, then he could be a top five wide receiver. Yeah. I can see top five in the realm of possibilities. I think on paper, you know, when you look at real football, he's probably up there, top five conversation. But oh, yeah, absolutely. I think I've been saying just... that all, all offseason. I've been saying that. Like, yeah. if the situation like was the same for every wide receiver, like we would put AJ Brown in the same conversation as Justin yeah. Jefferson and Jamar Chase. You'd have to. You'd have to. And while I look at the other side of the ball, player that I was not as high on that performed extremely well yesterday, DeAndre Swift came to play yesterday. And I think he's he was talking about a thousand, a thousand for rush yards and receiving yards and it looks like he's really uh trying to put that put that pen to paper so you how are when you look at swift i don't know what side of the swift uh pendulum you were on but how did you grade his performance yesterday yeah he had a good performance i liked him coming into the year like when you have a running back who's using as much in the receiving game as he is it's always great for upside and then we we had a good idea that he was a good rusher like his efficiency in 2021 wasn't great but then his efficiency for every year before that, in his rookie season, college, et cetera, he's always been a great rusher. So, like, expected that to normalize more. And like we saw yesterday, he had a good rushing performance. And for that, if you when you have those two things, like, you have really high upside. You have the upside of 20, 22-plus fantasy points per game. And so I definitely yeah. think that he has that in his range of outcomes. 
Like any anybody's even it wasn't even used that much in the receiving game yesterday, but he ran a bunch of routes. Yes. And so like even if he had like what like three catches or something, it's gonna go up. Like he's he's still a top receiving back in the NFL. Well, let me ask you this. So obvi- there was one thing that happened in the game that might have had a little pause for concern for DeAndre Swift's value moving forward, and that's seeing Jamal Williams being used extensively in the red zone. Does that give you any pause for concern when it comes to De- uh, DeAndre Swift? No, not really, because Swift is also getting work in the red zone. He's also getting a pretty much monopolizing the valuable touches in the passing game and so he gets his high value touches and jamal also gets some but swift is still getting enough that he's gonna be very productive yeah uh speaking of productivity we saw a highly unproductive game for the bear for the bears and niners we talked about trey lance what was is there any anybody that you would truly panic on based on this game uh just because the weather is the weather was just horrible i mean it it's just one game. Like you never, you never panic off one game, and especially with the weather. Like I can, I'm not panicking on anyone in that game. There's one player that I do have a little panic on, and it's not Dave from the Montgomery. minor side of the ball. Montgomery. No. Okay. Montgomery. Yes, yes. David okay. Montgomery. I do have a little bit of concern with him. Like seeing Khalil Herbert taking some valuable carries away from him. Mm-hmm. I would, if yeah. I had Montgomery, I'd be a little concerned right now. Yeah, definitely. Because Montgomery is yeah. always like. Not nothing special. It was like a dead zone running back, and I don't know. Never, never bought in a, at his price, and so to see Herbert taking some work, it's definitely not great because Montgomery is a guy that you need the volume to even stay in like the top twenty, and yeah. so if he's not getting that. It's gonna be tough. He was like right outside, like right inside. I would say dead zone. He was like the guy that was like right there, not necessarily in the dead zone, but like the last before he got to the dead zone. Really? And to me, he seems like a de- well, yeah, he seems yeah, like he a seemed like a dead zone guy, now. but yeah, definitely. Um, with a team that had a non-dead zone running back uh, that got injured, the Steelers and the Bengals played yesterday too. Uh, Najee Harris out for a little bit. We saw him go leave the game. He got a touchdown, got a score, but the production wasn't there that I was mm-hmm. expecting. Um, he got the touches, but just not the production, that efficiency that everybody was concerned about. Uh, was there any player you were concerned about on the Steelers or Bengals when it comes to that game? No, not concerned. I mean, obviously- Not George Pickens? No, because he, he ran a bunch of routes, but he, he didn't have a lot of targets, but it's his first NFL game. Just to see him get on the field is very good. And so, like, it's pretty much like what we expected for that offense where Deontay just continued to monopolize targets. He had a 32% target share. And then on the other side of the ball, it's obviously the Jamar Chase show. Even with Joe Burrow yeah. having some turnovers, like, that's just like an off-game Pittsburgh Steelers defense is very good. And so, not really, like, changing anything of what i expected from that game obviously t higgins when he comes back is going to be great too um Najee harris i don't know what his injury looks like like i've yeah. heard some people say it could be a high ankle sprain which would be really tough moving forward for him because it just kills like any like any kind of like efficiency that he would have had like he's already not an efficient running back and so if he has a high ankle sprain it's just going to hurt him a lot more going forward but no reports on that so far that i've seen so we'll just wait and see on him I had an interesting takeaway from the Steelers side of the ball. The usage for Clay Trace Claypool to me was very interesting because it seemed like he was almost getting used a little bit in that wide back, not necessarily mm-hmm. line up in yeah. the backfield, but he was getting like a lot of reverses, mm-hmm. just a lot of touches on the football. And that's exciting for me. If, if you got Claypool late, maybe it didn't pan out this first week game one, but there's a lot of interesting ways they're trying to get him the football. Yeah. So to me, if you're, if you had Claypool late, I think you there's potential there, or if that's, 
that is somebody I would be actively like throwing some low ball offers for. Like if somebody's going to drop him, which could be the case, I'd be throwing some super low ball offers because the touches to me seem good with Claypool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had like six carries. It was yeah. very interesting. Yeah, and I think that's for any fantasy player's value. More touches, the better. When I look at the mm-hmm. Bengals, I'm right there with you with Jamar Chase. Um, but then T. Higgins, he'll have the fact he'll be a factor in this offense. Joe Mixon looked incredible yesterday, so no worries, no concerns at all. Burrow have a couple first game interceptions. I ain't too mad at that. Yeah. Moving forward, uh, I want to talk about Browns Panthers. We don't have to take too much time on there. Any major takeaways from this game? Oh uh, no, not really. I mean, we just see the offense Big running through the running dogs. Backs. Yeah. Hey, Chubb and Hunt are both dogs. It's crazy. And then, yeah. uh, man, I don't know what the what was happening with Amari Cooper, but like the same thing as like Mike Williams. Like a week one bad game is not that much to panic about, but you know, just interesting to see. Like and Donovan Peoples Jones having the targets that he did was very was interesting. But like I'm yes. not gonna change my opinion on him. I, I still don't like him. I but yeah, it's just one game. That actually did change my opinion on him. I was kind of high really? on DPJ, DPJ last year, and seeing mm-hmm. 12 targets from Brissett uh, does change my opinion on that because Amari Cooper is going to be drawing that number one coverage all season long. And if if he's running a lot of those deep routes, which we saw a lot of deep routes from Amari Cooper yesterday, we know Jacoby's not the guy that's just going to be slinging it deep every game. So yeah. to me, DPJ is an interesting look, especially because you can get him for damn near free right now on free agents for the most part. So in your deeper leagues, like anything outside of 12, team he's actually a player when i see 12 targets i'm actively looking for guys that get targeted like that so if he had a three target game it wouldn't surprise me next game (laughs) yeah but i think with that kind of volume on a team where it's a brand new quarterback and that could just be one of his guys we saw him doing pretty well in the in training camp offseason uh to me that does speak speak volumes and i think it was good seeing christian mccaffrey get back in the end zone yesterday too yeah for for dpj like if i'm in a like a 12 team redraft where it's like i had 16 rounds in my draft like a home league i'm not adding him like that's not deep enough for me but if it's bigger than that then maybe i'm interested but I don't know, i'll talk about this later but like i'm mostly just focused on the running backs right now on waiver wire running backs on the waivers yeah like you know just like like you know like not focusing on like the devin duvernays and like sterling shepherds and stuff like that more focus on like the running backs because those are the guys that have a lot better path to being startable for your team right Well, no, I I hear you on that. So to me, like when I look at a guy like DPJ, he's that he's a receiver different than like Devin Duvernay, who had touchdowns on what four was it four targets he had? Like it just seems it seems a little bit more. Yeah, the volume was there for DPJ, but it was just one week, and so I'm not not buying in yet. Like his whole career, he hasn't done anything, and so the one game could be start of something, but most likely I don't think it is. And like I just want to focus on like I'll, I'll talk about this later, but there's so many running backs were like under 50% owned on yeah. so many platforms where it's like one injury and they're getting the bulk of the carries. Fair enough. We'll definitely get into that later. Yeah. Uh, the Patriots Dolphins was not very exciting to watch. And we touched on the, the Patriots a little bit, but what about the Dolphins side of the football? Because uh, we saw Tyree kill and there was a lot of concern about this to a Tyree kill relationship. We saw him and Jalen Waddle both score. Yeah, they're both, you know, good players. And so, Tua's getting the ball and the offense is is made well, so I, I feel good about them both going forward. Uh, I don't know, like off the top of my head, what uh, their target shares look like, but I know that uh, Gesicki wasn't involved like at all, and so yeah. it's just it's just like the Tyreek and Waddle show, so that's great to see. And then like Edmonds and also in the receiving game a little bit, and also in the rushing game. Yeah, and I I don't think Tyreek scored. Now I think about it, it was just Waddle. No, but yeah, Waddle had got- a touchdown. 
yeah, they got the defensive score. But uh, Chase Edmonds, he was getting a lot of touches, so I can see yeah. him having a couple breakout games here in the first half mm-hmm. of the season. So definitely, uh, definitely like to see that. Like to see what I saw, what we saw from the Dolphins in general. Like you mentioned, Gusecki, though, there's a lot of concern there when it yeah. comes to. Gusecki, he ran, I think yeah. he ran like. I think he only like ran like forty one percent of the routes. It was awful. Uh, like if you're in like a twelve teamer, just drop him. He's not worth it. Yeah, I I dropped him. I had him in twelve team and dropped him even before the game started. So it's just yeah. it's not looking too good for him. Um, mm-hmm. we saw a tie yesterday, man. It was a tie, Colts and Texans. But there were some crazy. good takeaways from this game too. Uh, when you look at the Colts, obviously seeing Michael Pittman go for what nine catches, hundred twenty mm-hmm. yards. Yeah, uh, that was to me. Andy, Andy got a score. Like, to me, he's a clear dog. He's going to have a really good season. Was there any standouts for you uh, you want to know on either side, uh, Colts or Texans? Um, Rex Burkhead, like, leading the backfield in everything major. Like the what carries, happened to Damian Pierce, bro? What happened? What happened, Damian <laughs> Pierce stands? What happened? It's tough, you know. Like, like Damian Pierce could definitely see more work as the season goes on. But for right now, I'm definitely adding Rex Burkhead if he's going to be the RB1 in this backfield for now. Like, I'm like as much of a Pierce hater as I am. Yeah. I'm not. I, he definitely could take more work as the season goes along, but for right now, it's looking like Rex Burkhead. So I'll just keep playing the hits with Rex Burkhead. There's a difference between the NFL regular season and preseason, and we saw it there. Rex yep. Burkhead. There's a reason why he's there in the lineup, and he's not excited. He's not someone I'm getting excited about, but he has a role in this offense. And so, yep. is he a option in a deep as a deep league flex? Potentially, like that's somebody you can have on your bench and start if you needed to. Damian yeah. Pierce is looking more of that as well, just with lower upside, in my opinion, until he proves more. So, but Jonathan Taylor, just being Jonathan Taylor, it was so fun to watch, man. That dude is amazing. Uh, next game, Saints Falcons, and this was looking ugly for the Saints until they launched <laughs> that comeback in the second half. Uh, any takeaways on the Falcons side of the ball for you? Uh, no, not major takeaways except for Cordell Patterson looking like a great value with the amount of work he's getting in the he backfield. Twenty carries yesterday. I know it was great. Yeah, because uh, Damian Williams got injured early, and then so they just kept rolling with Patterson. I think Algier is going to be active next week if Damian if Damian Williams misses the time. But yeah. just keep expecting, like I'm not expecting anything for Algier, like except for like coming in occasionally as a rotational guy and. Just Patterson's just going to keep leading the backfield in carries and targets. He's going to be a great RB, like an RB2 at worst, I think, with his usage. Yeah. And then Drake London, like week one starter, we knew this. And he just he uh, had like five, five catches, 70 yards or something. He's good for a debut. Kyle Pitts, I'm not worried. He's still running a lot of the routes like the way we expect a yeah. wide receiver and a tight end body Two to do. Two catches, no concern at all? No, no concern because he's, he's running the routes. You know, he's, he's out there. It's not like he's not playing. And so... Just keep keep running run with Kyle Pitts. Like, he'll be fine. And on the Saints side, uh, all three of Jarvis, MT, and Olave pretty much ran, like, the same amount of routes. And so all three will be usable. And I think in terms of talent, it's, like, MT and Jarvis, we know that they're, like, the clear target earners on this team. And then Olave, with his usage and routes, could be, like, a wide receiver three. Like, it's yeah, pretty good for all three of those guys. Yeah, I think there will be good volume for all three at some point, and it doesn't feel like it'll be the same guy every week. I think Jameis is just going to throw to who's open. It seemed like he was playing, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the second half, he let loose a little bit and was playing smart football, didn't have a lot of erratic turnovers, they had a lot of erratic throws, a lot of his shit was on the money. So uh, when I look at Michael Thomas, I see a high-end wide receiver too, locked in. Um, now that he's validated that, came back from the injury, no concerns at all. 
in my opinion. Like you mentioned, Jarvis is going to be a sneaky value. Um, five to seven catches, probably somewhere in that realm, damn near every single week. And then mm-hmm. Chris Olave is going to have a couple big games, a couple splash plays, and he's going to be a risky flex to play throughout the year. So yeah. I'm I'm not in on this Taysom Hill usage too. I didn't like seeing that, vulturing the TD and having the <laughs> long run. Um, would you pick up Taysom Hill? Is that a, a player that you'd be no, like? No, I think he ran like, he had like four routes or something at the tight end. It's not worth it. Yeah, he had carries like, though too. Yeah, he's he'll get like this like weird uses that he always gets. But I'm not picking him up. I actually the only reason I would be picking him up is like I'm like the deepest dynasty league and he's on waivers, <laughs> just because if somehow he starts at quarterback again and you can put him in your tight end slot, it's a cheat code. Well, we saw Winston actually got hurt in the middle of the game and they were warming up Dalton. So it's like Taysom Hill is yeah, such they got an Andy Dalton. Like he's but such we'll an see. Hopefully. What if he's Hopefully. the guy you need? What Hopefully. If he's the guy you need? <laughs> I'm not banking on Taysom Hill. If it happens, no, I'd be very, very shocked. That would um, be hilarious, though. It would be kind of funny that would, seeing him. That would cause total chaos, and I'm totally here for the chaos. <laughs> Another chaos player, Marcus Mariota. Where the hell did that come from? Like, he had 70 yards on the ground, a TD. Yeah. Like, viable, viable super flex QB2 oh, yeah. is not he out of the realms of possibility. He just continues to rush. I love him. He's great. Look, he had over 10 carries yesterday, too. So, yeah. Um, then we saw the guy who's a running back at quarterback throw the ball tremendously. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I don't know why people continue to fade this guy. Uh, played really well in a game yesterday. Didn't run as much as we're accustomed to seeing, but they also got big, uh, got up big against the Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, any takeaways? I know you say you're not excited about Duvernay at all, but was there any takeaways from this, uh, from this game that you liked on the Ravens side of the football? Uh, no major takeaways. Uh... Just continue to see like Andrews still dominated targets, even if like the production wasn't amazing, it was still solid. Like that's kind of like a sort of floor game. Not that 12 points is absolute floor, but we saw him have a 25% target share and it's still good. Duvernay, uh, not really like gonna like rush to the waivers to pick him up just because he had yeah. two touchdowns. Bateman, off the top of my head, I don't know what his uh like, route like participation two- and target share oh. look like, but. It wasn't ideal, like, if I drafted Bateman, like, the fifth round or something, which is, like, getting aggressive for the breakout, but you have to sometimes be bold to hit. Uh, I'm, like, I'm not, like, panicking, but I'm just downgrading him a little bit, like, a wide receiver three right now. But it's it's obviously just one game. And then the backfield usage, yes. just gross. They don't have, yeah, Kenyon Drake, he's got no juice. Yeah, I don't He's think Kenyon no Drake or Mike Davis is the answer. They're definitely no. be waiting for J.K. Dobbins. We need Gus J.K. Edwards. Dobbins back ASAP. Yeah, Gus Edwards to me um, will be a sneaky, a sneak. I feel like if if you have an extra spot, like a, a waiver yeah. spot right now, pick him up and put him on your IR just oh, yeah, in case. Because with the J.K. Dobbins thing, are you concerned at all about J.K.? Because they've been talking about him. You know, he was supposed to be ready for week no. one. They held him out. It was kind of a late scratch uh, there. Are you concerned at all about J.K.? I'm not concerned. No, it's you know with the ACL injury, it's. It's tough to be like he could be ready, he could not be. Like that was always the that was always the case, and so him not being ready, as well as Gus Edwards not being ready, you know, it's just how it is. And so we'll we'll see him back, and then obviously like downgrade the performance a little bit because of the ACL injury. But I think J.K. Dobbins still going to be RB two or RB three, and then Gus Edwards like a a really good backup to stash on your. I think it's going to take a minute for J.K. Dobbins to be yeah. like back, and so yeah, I, it will because it's that, second half of the year type thing, like not even. That's how it is with year. ACLs. Yeah, it's tough, yeah. but I don't know. never never was big on him, but like I don't know, he'll be better than Kenyon Drake probably. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, not hard to do with well, yeah. 
10, 11 carries, something like that, 30 yards. No. But uh, no. for the Jets, when I look at the Jets, uh, Michael Carter's usage was very encouraging. And I think he'll, you know, I'm not a big Michael Carter fan, and I don't think he's going to be this elite player in fantasy. Mm-hmm. But for the early part of the season, I think he's flex worthy. And somebody, you can, at least while Joe Flacco's starting, especially, uh, he's somebody that's going to catch a lot of check downs, somebody that's going to be part of this offense until Brees is ready to go and take the reins when the Jets are yeah. predictably one Brees and seven. Hall, Brees Hall led the team in targets yesterday. It was Crazy. That's he had crazy. Like, he had ten targets. It was great. <laughs> like he, he, when he's take when he starts taking over the backfield, and he will because he's great. Yeah, he's gonna be an absolute monster because he's a great receiver and a great rusher. It and, was a pretty good split between the two too. Yeah, yeah. Brees didn't get as much in the rushing game, but you know, week one of his rookie season is kind of how it is. Like we saw the same thing with pretty much every running back in the 2020 yeah. class, where it's like similar. Where it's going going the second round. Like Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Jacob Dobbins, etc. All those guys and like dominate coming out of the gate, but they start taking over as the season goes along, and like you start to see like an RB RB three turn into an RB one over the course of the season. Yeah, if you so, got any you know, frustrated Brees Hall owners, make sure you send a few offers their yeah, way because that's they'll, the they'll start value. picking it up for sure. And then Garrett about, Wilson. I was about to say, what like, about Garrett Wilson? Yeah, he ran the third most routes on the team for the wide receivers, like after Corey Davis and Elijah Moore. Definitely good, like coming out week one of his rookie season to already have a role. It's a good sign for sure. I think that, you know, like we see with a lot of rookies, you know, he'll just pick it up as the season goes along, maybe start to like push Corey Davis for some reps sometimes. And you know, we could see him turn into a wide receiver two, wide receiver three down the stretch, like we see a lot of, a lot of rookie wide receivers do. Yeah, 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 and yes, indeed. And Elijah Moore played all right, but it wasn't anything special. Um, mm-hmm. What about the Jacksonville Jaguars and Commander? So this game, to me, um, <laughs> everybody was you know hyped about Travis Etienne, and we saw him have a few opportunities though. Like, yeah, are you banking more on James Robinson coming back and playing a bigger role, or are you thinking that Travis Etienne had the opportunities and it'll come later in the season? Yeah, he had some good opportunities, and so did so did James Robinson. Like they pretty they split some of the work, but then when it comes to like the receiving work, it was a lot of a lot of Travis Etienne. So that's very yeah. encouraging for him. Like the, the the thing with Etienne was so much of the price was based on the upside, and I liked the upside. And I, I was buying in at at price, maybe not like towards like the very end of the season. Yes, yeah, it started, very it started skyrocketing. Yeah, yeah, but there's still definitely some upside there, and I still like Travis Etienne. No, I like ETN as well. And I, I think James Robinson, I probably would. I was not on the James Robinson bandwagon at all. I wasn't, I was fading him completely, but it seems like he'll have a role in this offense. So I can't be yeah. too mad at it. And the $20 million man, Christian Kirk looks good yesterday too. Looks like the, he's going to have a pretty big impact for this Jags team. Yeah. I don't know what his uh, target share looked like off the top of my head, but yeah. it was good. I think he had like seven catches yeah, for 120 yards. Six catches for 117 okay. yesterday. So. It's not bad. And then when I look at the commanders, bro, the commanders, everybody was expecting, you know, is it Drake London? Is it Chris Olave? Is it Garrett Wilson? George Pickens? We just forgot about Jahan Dotson, bro. Yeah, Jahan, like, yeah, he had the couple touchdowns. He had good routes. Like, he's starting on starting week one, which is great to see. And then Curtis Samuel, like led Curtis Samuel, targets. bro, that's a pickup for sure. Like that was yeah. one of the, one of the guys that said he I'll cannot pick, be on waivers yeah. after this week. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, that's a he's definitely a good good pickup. He's gonna have a gonna have a good role. And then, not, but I'm not pushing the panic button on Terry McLaurin. You know, we've seen him be a great receiver throughout his career. It's just been one week, so I'm not pushing the panic button on Terry. 
No panic button at all on Terry McLaurin? Where, do you, where no. would you rank him, like, in the top 20 still? Yeah, i still put him top 20. What about Antonio Gibson? Because Brian oh, Robinson was set good. to take over the role, and then yeah. obviously what happened with him happened, but Antonio Gibson was left for dead for weeks, <laughs> and people thought, oh, he's going to be on pass protection, special teams, and here he is, still being Antonio Gibson. I think he finished top 15 in the position yesterday. Yeah, are, he had some really good receiving work, which was really cool to see. Like, I think, um, like, not like use like a wide receiver, but like he had some plays that were going more downfield like a wide receiver but mm -hmm. he, he's still a running back but it's cool it's cool to see that kind of usage like he was running him. real routes like he did yeah. cut, like he was a receiver so he's running real routes which is cool to see like and i mean when you get that kind of quarterback play from carson wentz bro through 300 yards four touchdowns like are you kidding me yeah it was crazy that game was kind of a like not like a shootout because like they didn't score the points of a shootout but they were just going back and forth on offense and defense, and so that was a that was a really good game by Carson Wentz. There was a point in time where Carson Wentz was a QB one, and I'm not saying that Carson Wentz <laughs> is going to be a QB one by any means. But do you think he's a valuable like super flex target for teams, or are you like you know what that was a fluke game? I need to see more of it before I feel comfortable with him as my QB two in super flex. Um, a little bit of both. I mean, he's he's a starting quarterback, and he'll have he'll have spike weeks, but that was definitely a spike week for him. Like I'm not expecting. Like that kind of production week to week like it'll be a like a mid to high qb2 though like it's pretty good value emphasis it's, on the mid huh emphasis on the mid. <laughs> that's right but you know he's fine you know i have him in some dynasty superflex leagues he's he starts games which is good enough for me carson wins probably available in your 12 team leagues if you have a super flex league or a deeper league just keep an eye on him He's somebody yeah. I'd add if you needed a backup quarterback in dire, dire need, especially after the DAC news came out. Um, but let's talk about a quarterback who did not perform at all to expectations. That's Aaron Rodgers in this Packers-Vikings game. Aaron Rodgers looks lost. And we saw Christian Watson, the ball just went straight through his hands on what would have been a 70-yard TD. Is it panic time for Aaron Rodgers, or are we doing what we did last year? Relax. Yeah, we're doing what we did last year, except like – to a lesser degree because it is like it is kind of like a cause and effect thing obviously lose Devonte adams you're gonna be performing worse and that off that wide receiver core just looked really bad yesterday like obviously coming into the year we're like yeah he, he has no one and so we're gonna downgrade him a little bit but it was just bad and like even with alan lazard coming back like alan lazard is not significantly better than anyone they had yesterday which is saying something because yesterday was not good but yeah. Alan Lazard just also isn't good either. So not not really like not really like panicking on Aaron Rodgers, just like not starting him right now. If we're gonna overreact really on a player, I'm overreacting on Aaron Rodgers. And it's not for the fact that like I mean, most most leagues you're getting him as a back end QB one, high end QB two. Yeah. Like there was a lot of other quarterbacks taken, but this does not look good for this entire Packer offense now. Well, they, they were in a game yesterday where they needed points. They needed first downs. They needed scores. And they weren't getting any of that with Aaron Jones not, on the no. field, with A.J. Dillon on the field. The mm -hmm. only piece that was really missing was Alan Lazard. And like you mentioned, he's not some elite wide receiver that's yes. going to be a, a super game changer. So am I pushing the full panic meter? No. Mm -hmm. But am I trying to sell Aaron Rodgers at MVP value from last year? I absolutely am. Like, if yeah. I have him on my team. Do you think team, you can sell that? Uh, I don't I know. It'll be a tough ask. You got to try to sell the name at this point. There's somebody yeah. in your league who's like, oh, you know what? <laughs> it was just one week with Aaron Rodgers. But he's going to be a mid-QB2 this season. 
Yeah, I could definitely He'll see that. A mid QB too. Like I don't see a lot of upside. Whereas before the season, without seeing that on on the field, I wasn't genuinely concerned about Aaron Rodgers. It's gonna be a tough ask this year because Alan Lazard, like you mentioned, it, Alan Lazard is not saving that. Like there's yeah. no saving it. It's tough, you know. Like it, in order for this passing game to really work, you're gonna need to see something from the rookies, like uh, Watson and Dubs. Like those are the guys. Those are the upside things. Like if I'm gonna say, like if anyone in this offense has a shot to be good and actually make this passing game viable, it's gonna be the wild cards. Who are the rookies? Because we don't know who they are. Like at this point, we know who Sammy Watkins is. Yeah. We know who Randall Cobb is. We know who Alan Lazard is. And so if those rookies can't do anything, then it's gonna be a really tough passing game for them. I liked his. I liked what he was trying to do with Robert Tunyon. So to me, I did like that. But uh, week one, Sammy Watkins did not show up. <laughs> we saw every other week Sammy Watkins show up. Um, week one, Justin Jefferson showed up though Absolutely. in a major way. Now I was on the Cooper Cup train. Still am. Mm-hmm. I still love yeah. Cooper Cup. And Cooper Cup had his had his own good week. You know, not, nothing alone. like for him. Yeah, they both are wide receiver one. V. They both easily <laughs> are the wide receiver one now. When we talk about Jefferson, it looked special yesterday. Yeah. Are we buying, are we full send on Justin Jefferson having triple crown type of year? Yeah, definitely possible. I mean, he's elite. You know, he's an elite wide receiver. I could absolutely see him finishing as the wide receiver one and having a triple crown. Absolutely. Any other takeaways from the Viking side of the football? No, it's standard, no, right? It's just Justin Jefferson season, you know, that's how it is. <laughs> Jettas, baby, gritty yes, and all year long. <laughs> that he might, he's going to. I don't yeah, want to yeah. say like I don't want to, to get too excited, um, but he's a special dude, man. He's gonna have a. He's good a fun. Season. He's a guy that you're worth getting excited about. Yes, he's fun, man. He's fun dancing Absolutely. all over the place, but also just dogging. Like there was the one play where he was completely open, nobody within like a twenty yard radius of him. Yeah, and he's it's just that's gonna be there all year, man. That's, yeah, thanks. It's just so much fun to watch. Like I don't watch highlights, but I was just like bored, standing around waiting for my food earlier, and I was just like, fucking, I'm gonna watch some Justin Jefferson highlights. He was just. Yeah. open at all times he just gets open watch. at will that like scheme man no within... brought that scheme with him man yeah it's gonna be awesome for it will you know who else it was fun to watch my mm-hmm. boy who i've been pounding the table for for the last two years he's still good it's not the injuries it was uh, it's it was the injuries excuse me saquon barkley bro yes sir saquon barkley i got killed for it last year Mm -hmm. i'm not getting killed for it this year saquon Uh is back he's back hell yes he's elite bro like i he has top five player overall potential this year top one top Top one one. man yeah i ain't mad at that what about Kadarius tony though that was yeah that's the that's the one thing though like Kadarius tony is the one player where i'm like really changing my opinion after one game because like, he wasn't even on the field like a lot of these players you see him get on the field oh he was he was running full routes but he only had like two three targets whatever next week he'll probably have like eight seven or eight but Kadarius tony not even being on the field is a big red flag i don't know what's happening because dable said he wasn't injured and so for him right. not to not to be on the field at all i don't know if they're like mad at him or if he just wasn't learning the playbook right or something but it's definitely a red flag. Like even with Wanda Robinson going out of the game early, they're still playing yes. all their players over him. He didn't even have a he didn't even have a target. It was just two carries for him. We saw the vets. We saw Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard out there, and just no. We had we saw Ricky James and Davis still. Richie like James, who the bro. hell, man? 
And that was Absolutely it was crazy. almost as alarming as the Cam Akers stuff. Like to me, those those two Cam Akers and Kadarius Tony, I didn't really have a flag planted on uh, Cam Akers week one. Like I wasn't expecting him to come back and just be some you know elite running back, but I was expecting yeah. a little bit more than what we got Thursday. I didn't expect and, him to see the bench like out of the gate. Exactly. Yeah. And Kadarius Tony was even more crazy. Now the one thing is he was injured heading into this week before the game, mm-hmm. so I don't know if that had anything to do with it. But he got. Like, cleared and then like they said he was clear to go and then Dable said no it's not a physical thing you were just you know we just weren't running the plays that had him like total coach speak of like just making excuses of why I didn't play him but it's tough going forward like if I'm not gonna drop him yeah but I'm definitely not starting him until we see something happen because we know what he can be if he plays. I guess, I mean, Kadarius Tony would have two more weeks. If, if I have Kadarius Tony on my team, yeah. which I do, I have Kadarius Tony on a couple teams. Me too. I, would, I, I got two more weeks with him. One more week yeah. to show me, okay, I have increased usage in this offense. And yeah. I, Kenny Galladay and Sterling Shepard and Richie James, of all people, aren't taking over my role. And then B, Just get on the field. Dude. Get on the that's field. All, that's what I need to see. Get on the field. He got to get touches, too. I, I feel mm-hmm. like he's the kind of player if he's not getting touches because he takes himself out of games. We saw it on the sidelines yesterday. He wasn't – I mean, he took himself completely out the game, just not interested. So, And we saw it last year with him, too. Like, he got visibly frustrated last year when they were, when the Giants weren't using him. So, mm-hmm. he's he's kind of a mental player as well. Um, yeah. And then we saw on the Titans side of the football, there was a little bit – more usage from a guy that we were not expecting. Kyle Phillips, <laughs> six catches, 66 yards. I think he had like 12 targets as well last, yesterday. Well, targets, yeah. yeah. I mean, over guys like Robert Woods, who we were expecting to come in and have a role, Kyle Phillips looks like he might have a factor in this offense. You agree with that? Yeah, he certainly he certainly looked the he, – he ran like the third most routes on the team, like one less route than Westbrook Akinane. Uh, but definitely had some really good usage, especially for week one of rookie season, which was pretty cool to see. Like, I yeah. think he'll definitely get on the he, – he seems to be getting on the field. Like, I think that as the season goes on, we start to see this uh, – we start to see this offense look like Woods, Burks, and Phillips. And if Phillips can continue to be like a wide receiver four or five type of guy, maybe wide receiver three, I'm not sure. I'm not – I'm trying not to be like bullish on him after one game because, you know, it's a – Day three, day three rookie who's not productive in college had had a good game for sure and had good had people talking highly about him in training camp. So it's not like there's nothing there, but I wouldn't be adding him just yet. I'd be waiting and see, like just focusing more on the guys who have a lot clearer path to being startable, which is the running backs on the waiver wire. But we'll get right. to those. Yeah, we'll get but. to those in, in towards the end here. If you guys are following the page or watching along for the first time, make sure you guys subscribe to the page. Take advantage of the offer below. Prize picks. Use the code JHEN with a three instead of an E. 100% deposit match when you set your lineups. Get those player picks in, man. And then we'll kind of speed through the rest of these so we can get to the waiver wire pickups. Yep. Um, the Chiefs and the Cardinals yesterday, a lot of exciting things for there. What was your biggest takeaway? From that game, uh, biggest takeaway just Mahomes is <laughs> effing amazing, man. QB one, baby. QB one. He doesn't even. He doesn't need Tyree Kill, man. He just works with whatever he has. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I loved seeing Pat get off without those guys. Clyde Edwards Hilaire looks solid to me. Uh, maybe yeah. not huge upside Edwards guy, but Hilaire, yeah, it's tough. Like he had the two touchdowns, but the usage. I don't know. Usage was solid. Like it would have been higher if they hadn't like been a total blowout yeah, and he... just like benched him because garbage time. You don't need him out there. But definitely solid to see for him. And then 
Juju, Kelsey getting good usage. Yeah. Sky, Sky Moore didn't run many routes, but he'll get there as the season goes along. Feel, feeling there, really MBS. good about this. Yeah, it's gonna be really spread out. Like I think they're gonna they're gonna all hold some type of flex value at minimum at some point in the year, which to me is awesome to see that Pat Mahomes can carry that many wide receivers yeah. and still have them be relevant. So, and then on the Cardinal side of the ball, Kyler Murray was a little bit concerning there. Um, seeing that like he didn't really get going until the second half of the year. Yeah. He's fine, but uh, they, this team needs D hop in the worst way. Like they need Deandre Hopkins. And to be honest, they need Rondell more because what they were trying to do with Greg Dortch, like no, I get it, working. but it, it looked, honestly, it looks like that's Rondell Moore's usage though. Like they're going to, like I could see Rondell yeah. Moore playing and having that type of role for this offense. So, that's actually a player that I'm not really like high on. I don't really expect a whole lot out of, but I'm interested in Rondell more this year, more so than I ever have been. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Like though, what we saw for that offense, like obviously, you know, I'm a big Hollywood Brown guy. Yeah. He'll get, he'll definitely get his, his usage, but this offense is going to be better with, uh, when Hopkins is back for sure. Yeah. But, you know, just like, uh, you know, Kyler will be fine. You know, he's, Good. He's a good quarterback. You know, he rushes. I'm still expecting him to be top five. Yeah. But, you know, his offense it should still be good. It's just, like, they're so banged up coming into the week. Like, their only healthy wide receiver coming into the week was uh, Marquise Brown. Like, obviously, Ertz was, like, limited all week, and then yeah. Rondo was out. So, you know, this offense is, you know, it's not anything, like, I'm, I'm panicking about. But it'll be good when they get Hopkins back, just be more complete. 100%. Um, with the Raiders Chargers, uh, we saw Keenan Allen get hurt, so they have a short week heading. Yeah. He, they'll be playing the Chiefs, um, so just be careful there. Make sure you have next guy up. Um, anything takeaway-wise from the Raiders Chargers before we move to the Bucks Cowboys? Um, Not really. Just Devontae Adams continues to be amazing. Yeah. And then Darren Waller is getting some good usage, too. Like, obviously not nothing like Devontae, but he gets his own, and then uh, you know, Hunter Renfro doing his best Tyler Boyd impression. You know, not really <laughs> nothing we can, no nothing. Not really seen much from him. Like he's a he's a pretty good NFL wide receiver, but when he's like the clear ter- third target on that team with these two alphas playing alongside him in Devonte and Darren Waller, it's going to be really tough. I'm not even starting him. Uh, this backfield as well is just like the Patriots oh, yeah, of old. Absolutely. It's going to be a terrible mess. I try to avoid anything related to this Raiders backfield. You're going to see some spike weeks from probably Bolden Jacobs and Amir Abdullah at some point. Like yeah. it's, and it's just, Amir White's not even playing. He's, he's not even crazy. playing, man. It's an afterthought. So that that to me was a big uh, a big red flag just watching that game. I think yeah. Derek Carr will be better at some point too. Um, but on the Chargers mm-hmm. side of the football, yeah. Austin Eckler's usage was a little concerning. Didn't really a lot of the short, short yardage stuff he was out for. So I don't know if that was a game one thing or if that was a trend that we're going to be see, seeing season long. But Josh Kelly and uh, Sony Michelle were both a little more involved than I. Than I thought they would be. Yeah, and Michelle will be good. He's a good guy to just like keep an eye on because I think he'll be like RB one if Eckler was to go down. But that's a case for a lot of guys on the on the waivers for sure. Facts, facts. DeAndre Carter, guys. I went to Sac State. Shout out Sac State. DeAndre Carter had a nice score there as well. Gerald Everett had a pretty good role there too. Do you see him being a viable back end tight end one, high end tight end two there? At times, like he's the kind of guy that like you pick up if you need a tight end, just like hope he falls into the end zone. But that's really it. Nothing, nothing different than what we said he could be at the beginning of the season. But right, you know, it's his role. You know, he'll be all right at it. All right, last game uh, before we get into the Monday night and then waiver wires real quick. Uh, anytime, mm-hmm. any uh, Buccaneers, Cowboys thoughts, man. Obviously, Dak going down changes a lot for this team. Yeah, we cut. We yeah, we hit the stuff at the beginning with like the offense for the Cowboys just being 
pretty bad. You know, Workhorse Lenny's Workhorse Lenny's still there. Yeah. And then Mike Evans, still Mike Evans is gonna be getting a bunch of touchdowns, getting a lot of a big good role in the receiving game. And then Julio Jones has some good has some good Julio. plays too. Yeah. I like they, Julio. They put Julio on some reverses at 33 years old. Hey, <laughs> he's still got the speed though. We saw yeah. it. He's and he's still going after these balls, man. Those jump balls. He's he's gonna have a couple of those this year. So yeah, that's I like Julio. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that that pretty much does it for the slate for Sunday. Today's game, obviously, the Broncos and the Seahawks. What are you looking forward to? Like, what players you you got your eye on? I got my eye on the usage for the uh, for the Broncos receivers. I see what kind of roles they got Sutton and Judy in, and as well as Alberto. Like, if Alberto's out there for the majority of the receiving snaps and he's getting a good receiving role, then I think he could be like a top eight with tight end with top five upside because wow. you know we we got the athleticism we got the good offense and if he's out there on the majority of snaps and he has getting consistent targets like that he can be a really high upside guy even so though Russ doesn't typically use his tight end that doesn't bother you at all no nah, i mean Russ doesn't use his tight end when his tight ends aren't good you know like obviously if you're <laughs> tight, Gerald if you, Everett. yeah exactly Everett's not good you know you're not gonna <laughs> Everett actually had the highest target share of his career when he played with russ but like if you're throwing to like cody hollister or something like that Obviously, you're not going to throw it to him. But, like, when right. he had uh, Greg Olson, right? Jimmy Graham. No, Greg it was Olsen. Jimmy Graham. Yeah. yeah. It was Jimmy Graham, like, after he got traded from the Saints. When he had him, like, Jimmy Graham had some productive years there. Obviously, he was, like, a little past his prime. But he'll be good. Like, if, if Alberto is good, you know, Russell throw to him, you know? just He, he definitely has a path to be viable for sure. Yeah, I'm interested in this run game. Like, obviously, we could talk about Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. I think that'll yeah. show itself tonight. But I'm interested in the run game for the Seahawks. I, I want to see what Rashard Penny looks like. Um, and if this is going to be a Kenneth Walker, if he does play tonight, if yeah. Kenneth Walker gets involved. They, I know he's questionable to play. And I, I, I don't yeah. think he's... Even if he does play, he's going to be a small role for a rookie running back coming out the gate. So, yeah. you know, we'll, see, we'll probably see Penny have a good good uh usage to start this like you see rb2 usage for sure and then like so. he's, he's not gonna get the passing work that'll be like travis homer or dj dallas but you know just off of carries maybe falls into the end zone you probably get like rb2 production from him yeah i'm not mad at that and then receivers too like dk and tyler lockett just seeing how this all shakes out with geno smith that quarterback Can oh yeah DK they'll have some productive like that's they'll have that's some they'll have some spike games and they'll have some down games for sure just because of the qb play but the usage on the usage should still be good but you know Obviously, like the performance, like if, if DK goes out there and he has like a 30% target share for like four catches for 47 yards, it wouldn't surprise me at all. And then it wouldn't surprise me if he had a 30% target share and has like six catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. Like, well, call just, it. Which one do you think happens? I don't know. I'm just, it's a toss up, really. Um, I'll Pick just one. say, I, I don't know. I'll say the, the former, the four for 47, you know. All right. Just because. With Geno Smith, the quarterback, that's definitely possible. But they'll have some spike weeks. They'll have some down weeks. It's just, you know, chase the usage. But, you know, over the season, they should be all right, like wide receiver twos, wide receiver threes. I, I got to make you plant the flag on something, man, on, on man. one of those. So. I don't know. We're so bad at week to week seeing what's going to happen. But all we can do is chase the usage. I know you should be there. They'll yeah. get they'll get theirs. It's just a matter of if Geno Smith can hit them. You got a score prediction for tonight? Uh, score prediction. I don't Broncos, know. Broncos Seahawks. Yeah, who do you, Broncos, who do you think wins? Broncos by like twenty. <laughs> I got you think the Broncos by twenty. I got the Seahawks keeping keep this no one idea. close. I don't do score predictions, but I don't really keeping it close. Like with the with the Russ revenge game against a team that's just awful. Like I could legitimately see the Seahawks like win like 
two three games this year so <laughs> i don't know if they yeah. keep it close we did it's uh, tough. we didn't schedule prediction i had them going four and 13 so mm-hmm. it wasn't yeah. i don't think that they win this game i can just you know it's at home home opener you never night. know like you, you never know the energy could be crazy anything can happen you know it's just like any given Sunday, except this one's like every given Monday. So we'll see what happens for sure. All right. Well, definitely our last thing I want to do before, um, you know, obviously before you get off, we got to go talk waivers, man. So yeah. uh, who are a couple of players that you have your eye on waiver wise? Everybody's going to be running to the waivers week one, ready to drop players that didn't play well and ready to pick up players that did. Oh, yeah. uh, but who do you have your eye on for this, uh, for this waiver first waiver go around? Yeah, first waiver go round. I'm just like continuing to churn my bench, looking for running backs who are just like an injury away from being productive. Like guys like Rashad White, Raheem Mostert, Khalil Herbert, Jamal Williams, uh, Mark Ingram, Isaiah Pacheco, Rex Burkhead is already the RB one on this team for now. You know Benjamin, he had just like all of the RB two touches behind Connor. Like yeah. Daryl Williams didn't even get anything, and so for him, if for you know if he can like have the if Connor was to go down, he could have a really good role, especially in the receiving game. Dontrell Hilliard, I'm not adding him because he scored the two touchdowns, but that's going to make him a bit harder to add because people just chase touchdowns. But he's looking like he's going to have, like, he can have a good role for sure. If you had to rank those guys, I know you just, you fired off a few names for everybody, but if you had to rank three, like if I was, you know, for everyone listening to this right now, uh, if you had to rank three right now that you were like, I must add these three running backs, who would they be? It would be Rashad White, Khalil Herbert, and Jamal Williams. Yeah, I think uh, hopefully those guys are available in your league. I know in deeper leagues, they're probably not. But in more shallow yeah. leagues, 12 and under, you could probably find some of those guys. Yeah, um, what makes Rashad White such a priority add for you? Uh, Rashad White, he's a, he's a pretty good prospect. Like Not like elite prospect, but for the prospect profile that he had drafted in the third round, led his team in his first year of college. He led his team in rushing and receiving. And the receiving is a big thing. And then his second year, he's second on the team in receiving, first on the team in rushing. For him to have the receiving profile that he has, where he was like 18, 90% of his team's receiving yards, it's an elite, elite mark. That's like McCaffrey in college level. Higher, That's higher in college than Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, DeAndre Swift. All these guys were prominent receiving backs in college and the NFL. Rashad White was a better receiving back in college than him. So if Leonard Fournette was to go down, he would just get so much usage in the rushing game and the receiving game. And we know how valuable that is in PPR. Like he could legitimately be top 12 with top five upside. Yeah. And I'm not mad at that at all. One of the top waiver wire ads that I have obviously is going to be Jeff Wilson. And then in deeper leagues, TDP is probably out there on waivers. Either one of those guys I think can have a significant role if Eli Mitchell is out for an extended period of time. Uh, So make sure Jeff Wilson's not floating around on your waiver wires. He most likely is not if you're in a 12 team. uh, Jalen, Jalen Warren. We'll find out more. Like waivers not going to run until like Wednesday morning. Tomorrow, but yeah. yeah, we'll see what news we get on Najee Harris' injury. So if Najee's going to miss time, then Jalen Warren's looking like he'd be the like next man up. I'm not it's, feeling Jalen Warren. Like to me, it's, just, it's like, tough. You know, you it's know like, what I mean? Like, I don't feel like it's. I I feel like worth, probably not. If, like if it's worth the bench spot, you're. I'm just not. It's worth. It. The, I think it's worth the bench spot, but we'll see what happens with his injury. Like if if Najee's out, then. Warren could be like a startable player, but you know, Fair it's enough. tough. Fair enough. Like, yeah. I, just, I like don't see the value split don't... between him and Snell. It's, it's gross for sure. Yeah. But if he's going to be a starter, it's, it's worth an ad. Just I feel like bench. I've always kind of went with the thing. If I don't feel like I can start you, I'm not going to pick you up. And so for me, I, yeah, I don't know that I'd ever feel confident starting Jalen Warren. And like, it's just to <laughs> me, I don't, I don't know that there would be a period of time where I'm like, you know what, this guy is going in over some of these 
other reliable players I have. So yeah, it's I'm a deeper league it. for sure because yeah, there's a it. there's a lot of quality backups on waivers who are not owning a lot of. Leagues, you went through so. a bunch of names that I'd rather have over Jalen Warren just to keep yeah for sure. <laughs> but you know, like for like the one week, like a couple week filler in a really deep league, then he's he's worth it. Just yeah. he's not he's like less than ten percent rostered on sleeper and ESPN. And then I want to go over four receivers that I really like. Curtis Samuel, who we talked about yeah. earlier. Donovan Peoples-Jones, who we talked about earlier. Both of them had 12 targets. And then Kyle Phillips in deeper, super deep leagues. Just keep an eye on him. Dynasty more so than anything. You could probably, yeah. you may be able to get him in deeper, in shallower uh, dynasty leagues. And then mm -hmm. Noah Brown. If Noah Brown's floating Noah out Brown. there, I'm not mad at picking know. him up. I'm not mad at picking him up just for a short-term period because with this quarterback situation, we don't know who's coming in. He yeah. he had a pretty good target share yesterday, and and then just with the whole CD Lamb thing, like he vi looked visibly frustrated. Mm. I'm yeah. not in on Noah Brown for a long. Noah Brown is like going to be like the third target behind Schultz and Lamb, and then like I don't They're know gonna when be behind. They're going to be behind a Gallup lot of games. Be back. Gallup Gallup will be back soon. Uh, because... what, three four weeks. I yeah, because he avoided weeks. the he him avoiding the pup was always like. He could be back and like i don't expect him to be like super productive right out the gate but he'll probably be running routes over noah brown at times yeah. like just just rendering noah brown droppable I, I don't know if i would like add him i and one guy you didn't mention robbie anderson who yeah. had a good role i mean come on he had, he had a good role in week one like I, i'm not like you know what i said at the beginning like i'm looking to add the running backs Yes. over over like the wide receivers but if i'm gonna add some wide receivers it's gonna be curtis samuel and robbie anderson because of the role they had in week one and we've seen them be productive players in their career so yeah. it's not like they're coming out of nowhere like devin duvernay like we've seen robbie anderson <laughs> be productive and we've so if he can continue to if he can continue to be productive then you know it's solid. He's, I think he's a solid ad. He's got the name value the name value yeah. I mean, there's for. name value for a reason because he's been good before <laughs> in his career like robbie yeah. anderson, he's not coming out of nowhere like like Duvernay. Yeah, my guy Terrence Marshall didn't do a damn thing yesterday, so no, I'm very disappointed yeah. in that, man. Visco wasn't even active. It was oh, tough. Ugly, man. Well, Kosh, my appreciate you coming on, man. Dropping some me, man. knowledge. Absolutely talking about waivers and week one stuff, man. Uh, more than welcome to come back on whenever you want, man. Tell the people where to find you. Yes, sir. Find me on Twitter, YZR underscore fantasy. And you find me on TikTok at YZR underscore fantasy. I don't know. I haven't been doing a lot of TikTok recently, but I'll definitely make some covering all the important metrics from the game. So check me out. I use a yeah. lot of numbers. So if you're into that, you can check it out. The TikTok, man, it gets, this is where it gets toxic. It's a grind. Because, yeah. Everybody starts saying, oh, I was right. I was, you're wrong. This is the, yeah. the week one overreactions go crazy <laughs> on TikTok, man. Just keep pushing through. You'll be fine, bro. But yes, sir. Yes, sir. Make sure you drop him a follow. Make sure you guys subscribe. Stay tuned to the Justin Henry Show daily show Monday through Saturday now. Monday through Saturday, including the mailbag episode on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern time. And then Sunday, of course, we got the Start Sit Show at 8 o'clock. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. Appreciate y'all tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow.